Welcome to another episode of the Business Coaching for Artists podcast with me, your host, Susanna. I have over 15 years experience in the music industry as a vocalist, topline writer and touring artist in the dance music scene. In 2019, I founded the Business Coaching for Artists Academy to help talented artists such as yourself build a sustainable music career. And this podcast is one of the ways in which I do so. Now, on today's episode, I want to talk about money mindset. This is a topic that I'm very passionate about because I really think it can make or break our potential to build a sustainable music career. Because let's be honest, a lot of artists struggle with charging for their work. Now, the past couple of years, I have worked a lot on my money mindset and I have become better at it. But even for me, the subject of money still brings up doubts and fears every now and then. So I think this is really like an ongoing learning process. And whenever you reach a new level in your music career, some new money blocks might appear. Now, I'm actually convinced that limiting beliefs about money, otherwise known as money blocks, form one of the biggest obstacles to building a sustainable music career. I mean, you can be super talented, know everything about marketing and strategy, have all the practical tools, but if it's a struggle for you to charge for your work, if you know deep down you feel that you maybe don't deserve to be paid money for your art, you know, then all that talent and knowledge will only get you so far. So in this podcast, I want to talk about money mindset and bust the myth of the struggling artist. Now, I could write a whole book about the subject of money mindset. And in fact, many books have already been written about it, some of which I read. Um, However, in this podcast, I'm going to do my best to keep it short, but value-packed. Pun intended. (laughs) But yeah, so... Where do our beliefs and emotions around money come from? There's not really a straightforward answer to this question. It's part nature and part nurture. I do think that the first step in dismantling your money blocks is looking at your upbringing and your past experiences. I mean, of course, our parents or caretakers have our best interest at heart. I mean, they love us. They want the best for us. But to a certain extent, and a lot of books have been written about this, we subconsciously inherit their beliefs around money. Maybe your parents would often say things like, money doesn't grow on trees. Maybe they had to work really hard to make ends meet basically instilling in you the idea that money is a limited resource and that the only way to earn a living is by working really hard, by working all the time. Or maybe your parents are divorced and they used to argue a lot about money. 
which could then lead to a subconscious belief that money is problematic and that no good can come of it. And like I said, money blocks can also be the result of certain past experiences. Um, You know, you might be surprised to hear this, but for a period of time, uh, I was bullied as a child. So that was really a blow to my self-esteem. And even though I overcame this and I've grown into a generally confident and happy person, deep down inside... I sometimes still have this fear of not being good enough. And, you know, knowing your value and charging properly is more difficult if you don't feel worthy. And then there's also certain character traits that can get in the way. To give you an example, I am a helper by nature. I guess that's why I became a coach. (laughs) And also, I like to say, a recovering people pleaser. And according to my parents, I have been like that since I was a little girl. And that meant that I would often put other people's needs before my own. Either to help them, because I wanted to help them, or out of fear of not being liked by them. And then if you pair those traits with limiting beliefs such as money is a limited resource and if I earn money this comes at the expense of someone else, then that is a pretty solid money block to work through. Now by now I have learned that you can't give from an empty cup And I repeat that to myself often. And that I have to fill my own cup first. They also um, compare it to when you're on a flight. And there's an emergency situation. And the oxygen masks fall out. You have to put it on yourself first. Before helping someone else. And I kind of like that um, synergy. Or what's the word? That metaphor. To remind me that I... That it's okay for me to fill my own cup first. And that actually when my cup is filled, I can help other people better. I can be there better for other people. Um, And besides that, I have started to embrace the idea. I've, I've come to understand and feel that I have something of value to offer my music and that it's totally fine to receive compensation to receive money in exchange for this and also that when people make an issue about it that this is usually an indication of their own money blocks if they respond very negatively to it i mean it's fine if someone says oh that's above my budget um but Some people can respond in a really negative, um, what's the word, shocked way. (laughs) I've experienced that a couple of times. Um, And usually I believe that that's an indication of their own money blocks. Now, so yeah, like I said, it's an ongoing learning process and 
in some situations, my money mindset is better than others. And then there's also the society. Society as a whole that affects us. And this is where I want to talk about this pervasive myth in our society. Um, And that is the myth of the starving, struggling artist. It's the idea that credible art comes from artists who sacrifice everything. Even if that means living on minimum wage. Which is a very romantic notion that we often see in movies and in books. And the result of that is that a large portion of our society, in my opinion at least, has become convinced that making genuine art, which is music in our case, and making a decent income from our music is mutually exclusive. And I've noticed, especially amongst artists, there is a lot of judgment around the topic. You know, you might recognize uh, this situation. Many artists feel self-conscious about promoting themselves and their music. And the idea of selling makes them cringe. I mean, for a lot of us, the worst thing someone can call us is that we're commercial, right? Or a sellout or in it for the money. And the sad part is that this judgment often comes from our peers, from our fellow artists. So to me, that is a clear sign of how persistent this myth is. And I really think it's time to let go of it once and for all. To let go once and for all of the idea that somehow it's okay for artists to be poor and that your music will be better if you go through life suffering. Because I like to look at it a different way. I really think, believe that, and I've noticed it even with myself, that pouring your heart and soul into your music and making a comfortable living off of it are not mutually exclusive. On the contrary, you know, money is energy. And when you make enough of it to live comfortably without having to worry about your bills, for example, then that will create even more space for you to create or teach music and you'll be able to give even more to your fans and your clients. So in my eyes, everyone benefits. Now, uh, uh, I often hear or an often heard complaint from artists is basically the devaluation of music due to illegal downloading and more recently streaming. You know, the idea that society has become accustomed to the fact that you can get music either for free by downloading it illegally or having access to an unlimited amount of music for as little as 10 euros a month on Apple Music or Spotify, for example. And of course, there is truth to this. But I also wonder, is the root of the problem that society isn't willing to pay? Or is it also part uh, caused by the artists who, because of limiting beliefs and this myth of the struggling artist fail to make it a priority to charge for their work 
and negotiate fair terms with, for example, the record labels or with a uh, event organizer who wants to book them. I think that's a really interesting subject for a debate. Um, I also don't have like the answer to this. I'm still undecided. But what I do know is that I prefer to focus on the things that I can control. And even though we can't control society, we do have control over our own behavior. And I really believe that if we, as artists, value our own work, that eventually others will have to do so as well. Whether it's record labels, event promoters, or society. I really think that breaking the cycle of underpayments in the music industry starts with us. Starts with artists becoming more assertive. Now, I'm also not saying that you should never do something for free or for a lower budget. You know, when you're at the start of your career, it can really help to get your foot through the door. And the more you grow and build your status, the more of a negotiation position you will have. But I do think that even in the early stages, there has to be some form of an equal trade-off. And I would definitely always try to see what's possible. Just ask if, they, if there is a budget and explain why you think... Uh, you know, it would be good, justified for you to, to get paid a certain amount. Or at least, if that's not an option, ask for compensation of your travel costs, for example. And a lot of promoters, in especially in the trend scene that I'm in, will basically try to pay between brackets you with exposure like it's good exposure but at the end of the day that's not for them to decide that's for you to decide and also I can't decide for you or tell you what to do in 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 that sense but I think you need to just check in with yourself and be like okay is this really this event that they want to book me for is this really going to give me that exposure because to be honest, a lot of times they can't really, you can't, they can't really, um, what's the word, fulfill that promise. So that's something I would advise you just to take a moment and think about it and just try to see what's possible. And you can always still say, okay, you know, I understand. Um, and I would still love to perform on your stage and get awesome pictures for my social media you know that's something you could ask that's something I once asked um you know there was not much budget so I was like okay you know I would love to perform there um and then can you at least make sure that your photographer takes some really amazing pictures of me on stage and that I'll be able to use them for example those are things you know you can ask and that's kind of what I mean with there has to be if it's not monetary exchange there has to be some kind of exchange to make it worth your while now one last thing that i want to share with you before i wrap up this episode is the importance and i if you've 
been following me for a while, you know, I stress this a lot of building a fan base and not just any fan base, a fan base of diehard superfans. Maybe the general public nowadays isn't willing to spend much on music, but diehard superfans are. They are the type of fan that will eagerly pay for your new album, for exclusive perks, for your merchandise, to attend your live show and things like that. I often see this in my own genre, for example, in the trans music scene. There are a lot of diehard trans fans who spend hundreds, sometimes I think even thousands of euros a year, on physical products by their favorite artists, such as physical CDs or merchandise. You know, they pay to have a subscription to their favorite DJ's Twitch channel, so they have access to all the streams. Um, Or they book flights to attend trans events across the world, flights and hotels. And besides that, you know, having a loyal fan base gives you more leverage with labels, event promoters, etc. as well. If you have a really good following and they're really engaged, you know, if you announce a show somewhere, that's good promo for that event organizer as well. Just to give you an example. Now, I have created a 40 minutes video lesson on how you can grow your visibility and build such a fan base, such a fan base of diehard fans. It's called Fanbase Boost Blueprint, and you can download it for free. Uh, via susannavocalist.com slash fanbaseboost. I will also um, add the link in the show notes for this episode. And if you feel you can use some extra help with dismantling your money blocks uh, and actual practical advice, you know, how you can start charging what you're worth, how you can negotiate and things like that. This month, March 2021, I actually have a special offer for one-on-one coaching via Zoom. Um, If this is something you're interested in, you can check susannavocalist.com slash coaching or send an email to info at businesscoachingforartists.com. I do want to uh, add that because I'm also busy with my other projects. I only have six spots available. All right, it's time to wrap up this episode. If there's anything I hope you will walk away from from this episode, then it's first of all, investigate your own money blocks and where they come from. You know, what kind of thoughts and fears come up when it's time for you to negotiate, when it's time for you to determine your prices, when it's time for you basically to talk about money. And try to work through them. Be, being a, it's the, change starts with awareness. <laughs> and also adopt an abundance mindset. You know, there's more than enough going around for everyone. And you have something of value to offer to the world, and to your clients, and to the people who buy your music. It's not like you take their money and run. <laughs> they get something in exchange for it, something valuable. And you'll actually be doing yourself and them a disservice not to charge what you're worth. Because as I said, money is energy. And when you get paid well, when you can live comfortably, you'll be able to give more. Your cup will be filled and you'll be able to give more to others. And on top of that, you, you, know, you just deserve it. You simply deserve it. 
All right. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And I would love it if you could share it with anyone who you think might benefit from this episode as well. Thank you again and until next time.